0: Welcome to today's Bible study with Pastor Josh Tice. The next time you're in Las Vegas, we'd love to meet you in person at Southern Hills. If you happen to watch us regularly, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and consider sharing this video with a friend. You can support the ministries of Southern Hills by visiting southernhillslv.com and clicking the Give tab. Now, sit back, relax. And get ready to learn how the Bible is relevant in your life today.
1: Um, I, I've been in, I've been loving summer vibes. We are in week five of summer vibes. Pastor Caleb did an incredible job teaching uh, systematic theology of loving God. Can we give him a round of applause? He really did. He did an incredible job. And then last week we kicked off love others with my friend Ben Shetler and really dived into speaking truth in love and showing us how to love others properly with truth and love and did a great job doing that and we're going to dive in a little bit deeper today with a kind of a different vibe on that note and hit how to love others properly really missionally and globally so i'm going to start you with this question what do you love what do you love for those of you that know me and my wife, we were born and raised in South Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. So there's a few things that just innately we love. We love all Philly sports, like Eagles, Flyers. Oh, I got a little Eagles reaction. Where are we, where are we at? Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Way more than service number one. The Maris are on vacation, so that's all right. Um, we, got, uh, we got Eagles, Flyers, Sixers. And Phillies, man, I'm in my vibe right now because the Phillies are are playing well. But also, that means when I grew up, my diet consisted of cheesesteaks, pizza, great Italian food, pretzels, all of the good stuff. Going to Jersey diners and getting disco fries, and scrapple, and pork roll, and half the audience is like, what even is that? That's okay. Um, And I I really do. I just love where I'm from. I love being able to experience where I'm from, the culture of where I'm from. But you see, there was a problem. As I began to grow older, God began to work in my heart and really start preparing me for for ministry and being able to share the gospel globally and, and share Jesus globally. And where he was beginning to do that in my heart was in Florida was in Florida. So I knew that this Northeast guy would have to travel down to Florida, and I thought that's okay. Florida is basically just the Northeast where people go during the, su- during the winter, right? Like everybody from the Northeast just moves to Florida, so it's just going to be the same thing. What I didn't realize is that we were talking about the panhandle of Florida. That's basically Alabama, the deep, deep, deep South where they deep, deep, deep fry everything, right? And so this Jersey guy had to travel down south and began really wrestling with the fact of, man, I'm gonna have to kind of let go of some of the things that I love, right? Trade in my, trade in my uh, pro sports for college sports, trade in my pizza for hush puppies. And I was really struggling with that. I was really struggling with that. But you know, and I fought it for a while. I would try to go to find all of the stores that could sell stuff that I like. I tried desperately to find my favorite convenience store, a place that flew in rolls, right, good Italian food. And then I began to say to myself, I'm down here for at least four years. I might as well embrace some of that. So what I did is I began to explore that culture. And I found out, I really like some hush puppies. I like grits. Put a little cheese on top. I'm down with the cheese grits, not sweet grits. I'm down with cheese grits. And I'm down with fried everything. It it really hits. I I, I began to love that culture. I began to, to really enjoy that culture. And what I realized is that God wasn't calling me to give away the passion that I had for the place where I was from. God was merely calling me to embrace other passions and to make room. You see, sometimes in the Christian's life, when we think that God is broadening our mindset and giving us new passion, what we can tend to do is we can tend to grip on to the things that we love even more firmly. Instead of realizing the new passion God's placed in your heart, the new thing that God's bringing in, the thing that he's calling you to broaden your mindset in, he's not telling you to eliminate the passions that you already have. He's telling you to include more. You know, today we're going to look at a passage into where he challenged the disciples to not give up what they love, but to embrace more things so they could broaden their passions and mindsets. The beauty of Christ in this passage that we're going to study is that he does not tell his disciples to neglect the passion. He nearly tells them to include more in their passion, and God's not telling you today to reject your passion. He was surely not telling me to reject all of the food that I love. He was telling me to include other things in my passion. Your passion is great, but God may be calling you to broaden that out. So today, we're going to go back to the heart of the church. We're going to study the original piece of the church and really show how we can love others by first and foremost, and this is point number one, by broadening our mindset by broadening our mindset. We find this in Acts 1, verses 6 through 11. Acts 1, verses 6 through 11, and it goes like this. So when they had come together, they asked, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud of, uh, took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, "'Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? "'This Jesus, who has taken up from you into heaven, "'will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven.'" So let's unpack this passage a little bit, if we could keep it on the screen. Um, To understand this passage a little bit better, for those of you who are Bible students, you know that this is the passage and the last words that Jesus speaks on earth. This is right before the ascension of Christ into heaven. The last time he's going to speak to his disciples verbally, the last time and the last words he is going to give to them include this message. And there's a few key things that I want to help us understand when we talk about broadening our mindset. The first comes in verse 6, when it says, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Here are the disciples, and they're talking to their Savior, the people, the person that they've walked with for the last three and a half years. And they say, and they share their vision with Jesus, and they share their passion with Jesus, and they say, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? You know, sometimes we can look at this and be like, how selfish! I mean, how could they be thinking of just their kingdom? Why wouldn't they want to share this? But that's not what Jesus does. He doesn't rebuke them. He includes them, and he challenges them to broaden their mindset. As we keep reading, he does not neglect the passion of the disciples. He says, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority— but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, hear this, in Jerusalem and all Judea. For those of you who don't know, that's Israel. That's Israel. He's saying you will, you will be witnesses. in in the passion that you have. You will be able to fill the desire that you have. I will affirm that in you. You can love what you've been loving. Absolutely, you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. But then, but then he begins the challenge. And he says this phrase, and Samaria. And Samaria. For those of you in the room that know Bible history, you know this, the Samaritans were hated by the Israeli people that hate was also reciprocated back. There was racial lines, there were socioeconomic lines, there were no trading lines. If you look at the history of these two nations, they fought against each other often. They hated each other. So Christ first affirms their desire, but then challenges them to broaden, broaden their desire even to somebody that they hate. I can't help it in this moment think that the disciples, when they hear these words of Jesus, their mind immediately goes back to the woman at the well as they remember their Christ walking them through Samaria, not around Samaria, and sitting at a well with a woman that they would have hated. And, And they're saying, you just equated Israel with Samaria? You took my passion and you broadened it out to somebody that I hate? How would their mind not go back to the woman at the well? How would their mind not go back to maybe a disinterest as the disciples, as, he, as Jesus um, commandores the disciples and says, Do not suffer the children to come unto me another disinterest from the disciples, and he says, no, 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 how could their mind not go back to children that Jesus included, to the Samaritan woman that Jesus included? How would their mind not go back to multiple stages of people that Jesus included inside of his passion, and now he's challenging the disciples to put it in front of theirs? I'm not sure what your Samaria is, nor am I sure who your Samaritan is. But I can tell you this, that God wants you to broaden your passion past the desire that he's placed in your heart and to the desire even to your Samaritan. I'm not sure who that is in the room or I'm not sure who comes to mind or I'm not sure even what comes to mind. But I know in a culture of division, you can be a unifying force just by sticking out and sitting next to your woman at the well. I'm not sure what God has called you to in this moment, but I do know this for sure, that he's not only called you to your Israel, but he's also called you to your Samaria. And in that moment, we must broaden our mindset. I love this phrase, and it's a phrase that I've used often, is do for the one what you wish you could do for the 100. You know, I may not be able to change all of Samaria, but that one person that has a differing opinion to me, I can broaden my mindset towards them. Do to the one which you wish you could do to the 100. But then Jesus continues, and then he says, and to the end of the earth. And to the end of the earth. He broadens it even further. He's saying, not only do I want you to love what you love, not only do I want you to love what you hate, but I want you to love what you're indifferent to. I want you to love what you're indifferent to. I want you to take the time to consider something for another social group, for another people group, for another nation, including nations that hate you. And then ultimately, I want you to include the world. We must broaden our mindset. It's okay to be a master of one, but we must broaden our mindset to include others. An old phrase goes like this, and we misquote it all the time. Jack of all trades, master of none? That's not the phrase. The phrase is jack of all trades, master of one. That's the actual phrase. And what that phrase does is it really teaches a biblical concept is it's okay to have your one passion. It's okay when I think of one thing, I think, man, that person can help me there. But it would be a discredit to the gospel if you just focused on that one thing and forgot being a jack of all trades. I look around the room in the first service, the Maris always sit to my right. When I think of the Maris, I think of the family ministry, and I think master of one, but they're also balanced in others. Sorrell and his family always sit over here. When I think Sorrell, I think financial ministries, master of one, but is balanced in all of the other. These things must take place in our lives if we're to broaden our mindset. It's okay, once again, to be that master of one, but we must include that mindset. Something that can get in the way of that is if we only listen to God as it pertains to our mindset. And I'll never forget, for me, that was eight years ago, as somebody handed me a book called Love Does, and it's by Bob Goff. And as that time, I was praying, and I was only praying about my passions. I was only praying about my desires. And in that book, this statement stuck out to me And I love it, if we can put it on the screen, I used to think God wouldn't talk to me, but now I know I'm I'm just selective with what I choose to hear. Sometimes when we pray and we're only praying about our passion and we're not broadening our mindset, we feel like God's not talking to us, but maybe it's just that we're selective in what we wanna hear. So the challenge, Christian, today, would be to broaden your mindset so that you can hear What God is calling you to do, which is to embrace your Samaritan and embrace the end of the earth. We must remember in doing this that God did not just die for the sins that I committed, but that he died for the sins that were committed against me. And in doing that, we can truly broaden our mindset to allow others in. And there's an incredible couple in the church that has been showing us how to love others through broadening our mindset. And I want to be able to show a short video of how they do that, as well as I want to bring Pastor Jason out. He oversees our missions and talk how we can practically, as a church, get involved in doing that. And then I'm going to come back and we'll close the message together. So if you could have that video.
2: I'm Rob Fisher. I'm an anesthesiologist and
0: Hi, I'm Tanya.
2: We've been coming to this church for about two years and we recently had a chance to go on a great medical mission trip over Christmas and New Year's vacation to a jungle hospital very remote on the northern coast of Honduras and offer a little help and relief to the missionaries there. The experience that hit me the hardest was being called in one night and having to go across the two swinging bridges in the middle of the dark. To find a young man that had been brought in uh, bleeding profusely from a sharp blow to the neck from a machete, we were able to stop the bleeding, save this man's life. And he was able to have an opportunity, therefore, to learn about Jesus from the care that he received and had another opportunity to turn his life around. And that really impacted us greatly. Sweetheart, was there an experience that you had that impacted you there?
0: was a young girl who came into pediatrics who was not breathing. Um, they were giving her CPR. Her mother was out in the hall screaming and crying, but she was also screaming and crying to, to the Lord above. And one of the midwives came out, hugged her, comforted her, and I can see that a calm and peace came over her. Sadly, her, her daughter did pass. But I could see the Lord at work there comforting this woman. That was something that stood out the most to me on this trip.
2: So I would just tell our church family that if there's any opportunities that are coming up in your life that you see to go on a mission trip, seize the opportunity. Take it now. Grab that opportunity as soon as you can.
3: Oh, I love that. An incredible couple. And uh, in fact, they're getting ready to out on another. Uh, missions trip and so you got to hear a little bit about their experience and the Lord has blessed them with the in uh, the ability of medicine and medical treatment and so the doors have opened and they're, they're already pursuing other trips we had a couple at the 830 service Willie and Paula that got back this week on Wednesday from three weeks they were in Zambia Africa and uh, they were teaching at a Bible Institute and Willie was doing a lot of the maintenance on the on the compound the structure there and for three weeks they been serving the Lord. They flew back. They were here this morning. They're not for sure what time zone they're in, uh, but they were here worshiping the Lord, and this week we're going to sit down together, and they're going to share all their stories. So some really exciting things that are taking place here at Southern Hills.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was incredible to see them there, to hear Tanya, uh, and uh, the Fisher story, um, yes. the Fisher story, and really, really grow that. And we wanted to really bring you out today to explain the passion that's been going on in our staff's heart, the passions that's overflowed from Pastor Josh's heart into yours and um, and really just see how we as a church can begin exploring those options as you and your family have already been doing. I mean, those of you who don't know, Pastor Jason, before he came on staff here and has been on staff for the last 14 years, I mean, that's a big deal. He and his family traveled around and, um, and taught Jesus through music and children's ministry, and really, I mean, every asset or uh, every facet when you're doing that, and now leads multiple facets of ministry here Including taking over missions this past really 18 months, right? It's
3: been about 18 months ago. The Lord put on Pastor Josh heart to kind of transition a little bit. Our church, as it's continued to mature, previously we had the opportunity to partner with a lot of global partners that we support monthly. We get newsletters, we hear about it, and sometimes they visit us. Like a few weeks ago, the Georges were here. And Pastor's heart began to change a little bit about taking our church on mission to the missions field we talk about giving and then now going and uh, so pastor josh and i were able to get with some mission sending agencies and talk about what does that look like for a church uh how why is that important how does it help and as we continue to research through it and talk to others and other churches that how impactful it is for a church to be able to go and see what's taking place on a mission field and so our church will be celebrating nineteen years, Southern Hills will be on August the seventh. That's exciting. You're gonna hear more about that anniversary Sunday and so 19 years we're going to roll out over the next 12 months several missions trips so instead of kind of putting all the eggs in one basket so to speak and so to speak and say okay here's the mission trip hope you can make it we want to do multiple trips throughout the next 12 yeah. months uh, to different locations which will also dictate the price a little bit so depending on your schedule and maybe financially what you can take part in we want to begin to roll this out and once again it's not just the next 12 months it's the next 12 years, the next uh, however long till the Lord carries and and calls us home. But uh, we wanna begin to be on the field with our incredible global partners.
1: What I love about that is the reason why we wanna provide multiple missions opportunities, multiple trips, is because we believe that life change happens Mm. when you see the work of God taking place, not only give to the work of God taking place. um, So the opportunity to really see it through the eyes of what is happening in the global church, you know, the, the church at large, I think we represent really beautifully as we're a multicultural church, a multigenerational yes. church, yes, but sure. to be able to see that take place in other countries, that's life-changing.
3: And it is on so many levels. Uh, the scripture talks about how that your eye affects your heart, when I have affected mm. my heart. And uh, if you have had the opportunity to be on a, a mission trip outside of the United States or in a scenario where you see firsthand what God is doing, it is incredibly life-changing. And I think that's where, as Christians, we, we know that's taking place and we see videos from time to time and, and uh, we give, but there's nothing like being there on that field to be able to give that cup of cool water, to, to hand out that brochure to through a translator, to talk or to sing and to share the gospel. Uh, I know the Lord has given me opportunity, and and really, it does so many things. I can think of the time I was able to go to the Philippines, and for several weeks, we were doing mission work in the Philippines, and just being overwhelmed, uh, first of all, by the the graciousness of the people there, and uh, how they just embraced us and wanted to hear the truth, but just how great the need was, and how that there was just people come every single night, dozens, hundreds of people coming to hear truth, to hear the gospel, I had an opportunity uh, about 14 years ago to go to Moldova. It's a small country uh, in Eastern Europe, right next to Ukraine, and the poorest country in Eastern Europe, and I was there for two weeks uh, teaching at a camp. One of our global partners, uh, Eric Chapman, uh, maybe you know that name, he's been doing incredible work for decades there, and they have a camp, and they invite the, the kids to come to this camp for free. For free, these kids can come, and, and you got to understand that the kids—they don't show up on a, an air-conditioned tour bus, uh, you know—and get off with all these suitcases. They walk to camp. I mean, this this camp was out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And day one of Monday came, they opened the doors, and off in the distance, slowly, you see kids walking up. At dozens, up up to hundreds. We had three, four hundred kids there every single week, and they came just with the clothes on their back. And they came to camp to hear the gospel. We were able to teach them. They had fun. They had games. They had a good time. In fact, what's really incredible is the kids, they come because they know when they come to camp, they're going to eat better that week than they will the rest of the year. Because they provide for them through giving you folks give to the Chapmans and they're able to store that up and have these summer camps throughout the summer and kids, they come and they get fed and when they're fed, they're, they're relaxed and they're comfortable and they, every single night they sing worship songs, they teach them about Jesus Christ, they make decisions and it is an incredible work that, you know, I can describe it to you, but you have to see it and how it does transform your life.
1: I'll never forget, um, right before Lisa and I started dating, said hey I'd like to date you and she said great and we started dating and two weeks later she took off to six weeks in China without me um, I don't know if that was planned um, I don't know if she needed a break after those two weeks but I'll, I'll tell you this um, I saw in her life and I'm, I'm so excited for myself to be able to experience this for the first time to be able to see the global church Lord willing in November um, but I saw in her life the, the goal of just giving one Bible
2: mm.
1: a Bible to somebody. The underground church in China can't meet regularly. You can't just show up to an 1130 service or a 10 o'clock service. They had to wait in pairs for hours. they just walk casually as a pair and sit and wait for the next couple and finally as every church member showed up they would worship. And seeing the life change that took place in, in her heart it's incredible to see the work that God does through you and someone else. Mm. It just breaks you down you don't know how to describe it. And the verse that you shared in the Psalms of, of, of really the eye does so affect the heart um, is passionate. And we're, we're highlighting one of those opportunities today, but specifically we have a few more coming up.
3: Yes, on the screen you see the first one that's coming up, and that's this October. Uh, so just about four months away, we'll be there in the country of Mexico, Monterey, Mexico. This is one of our newest global partners. We've just partnered with Brian Brown and his family for about the last year. However, he's a multi-generational uh, missionary. His father started the work. He and his brother are continuing the work. There's dozens of churches. They've got uh, youth camp, and we're going to get the privilege to be with Brian and his team there. And uh, if if you're interested in this one, it's a Saturday to Saturday, and uh, we have an interest meeting on Sunday, July 24th. And so this is, would be that opportunity, if you've never taken a missions trip, to go down there, be a part of what God is doing, and see firsthand how that God can use you.
1: Yeah, multi-generational. I mean, that's a cool thing, because what a lot of you may not know is they share a lot of similar DNA. We're, we're a church planted from a church that was planted, mm-hmm. and we serve in a multi-generational ministry. Um, and so to, to share, to really go to a place that's different than ours, but shares the same DNA, ultimately being Christ, um, but same same, similar philosophy, it's just a really cool thing to see it happening just south of us.
3: So I would encourage you, if you have that opportunity, and I understand this is a shorter notice, but if you can to join us for that, uh, especially if you speak Spanish, that would be very helpful. Uh, that allows us to do even more ministry opportunities uh, if, if we have several that are very comfortable and fluent in, in Spanish. Then we have a few more because, once again, we didn't want to just put one out there, and this is your one shot, and if that you can't make it, you got to wait. Uh, we have several more. We have, in February, going to the country of Honduras with, Pastor Blank, not going on
1: that one if he's going.
3: Uh, okay. All right, you could go. Pastor Blank is taking a crew down, and Honduras is where our global partners, the <coughs> Gowens family. Now, we took a trip down to the Gowens probably about four or five years ago. It was an incredible trip. Uh, they have an, an amazing work there, not only with their uh, the church that they planted, but they're they're working with an orphanage as well as a medical clinic now. So just a lot of ways that you can take part in. That's going to be in February of, of next year, twenty twenty three. And Pastor Caleb is working on a trip for our Ascent Youth. Now, this is probably for the older uh, high schoolers, but he's working on scheduling a trip so that if you're a young person in this room, uh, you want to stay tuned for more details. If you're the parent of a a high schooler, uh, this is something you really want to put on your horizon as a possibility. And then if you'll notice, our fourth trip, kind of in that next 12-month category, is we'll be going as a church down to uh, Nicaragua in July. We've not confirm that specific date yet, uh, but there's a, an agency that pairs churches uh, with missionaries in order to just really have an incredible trip, an opportunity, as we've talked about, to see the need that, that's prevalent, but also to see how God can yeah. use you. And so that's coming around in 12 months. Now, the way that you can do this, they're going to put a number on the screen. You can simply text um, the, the word missions. It needs to have the S on it. Uh, missions to that number and what this will do this will respond back to you with the form that you can fill out your name information and we'll get back with you on the information for those trips the one especially for October we do have an interest meeting you'll hear more about that that's Sunday July 24th in the evening but even if you're interested as a teenager on that trip or the one next July text missions to that number And that allows us to know you're interested and we'll be giving out that information especially as we nail down the date and we get uh those interest meetings started
1: yeah it's an incredible way um really to just see christ look look, we've touched on it in multiple different facets in in order to really see what god is doing globally to allow to affect you globally is not an opportunity you're going to want to miss this is why we are giving you multifaceted options to be able to see we want our teens to experience that. Mm-hmm. We want our older members to experience that. We want our younger members to experience that. And we want you to come back with stories that you can place in the heart of others that may not have that opportunity to go. Stories that you can establish, as Israel did in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? Establishing things to be able to point to Christ and say, this was something that it did in the heart of mom and dad. To be able to share those stories with your kids, to be able to share those stories with somebody you counsel is invaluable.
3: You know, I love how you mentioned that because your life change affects others, too.
2: Absolutely.
3: So as you are changed, you're going to bring that change back to this church. Yeah. That's going to change your church. You're going to bring that change back to your family. It's going to change your family in an incredibly good way. And so I'm excited about it. Here's a real quick video from our global partner, Brian Brown, about the trip in October. Southern
1: Hills. Brian Brown here, one of your global partners in Monterey, Mexico. We are so excited that you're going to come in October to visit us. And I just hope that you consider being part of that team so that God can stir your heart as you see what's going on here in large due to your financial support and your prayers. So hope to see you then. God bless. Now, look, Southern Hills, we're going to spend a few minutes talking. We talked about point number one, broaden our mindset, and we wanted to give you applicable ways to be able to do that. But secondarily, we wanted to talk to you about number two, being on mission. Uh, God calls us to be on mission, and and maybe you're in a, a stage or phase of your life to where you may not be able to go on one of those trips. How can you be on mission just right now? today. And we're going to see three quick things under this, and we'll get you out. I promise we'll get you to the mountain on time. Uh, Number one, to give. To give. Did you know at Southern Hills, every dollar that you give, 10 cents goes to global and local mission? It goes to our global and local partners. This is a really big deal. Pastor Fred and his leadership team have designed you to be on mission. Some, it's a little bit without you even knowing you can be on mission today just by continuing your giving. We're a generous church that continues generosity and passes generosity to places like Honduras and to places like Mexico, and really all throughout the world. So your giving individually really allows you to continue to be on mission. And the story that comes to mind with this is the Apostle Paul. For those of you that know your church history, Paul is a missionary really to what we know now as modern-day Middle East, Northern Africa, and Western Asia. And Paul goes around and plants churches. He planted a church in what is called ancient-day Philippi, and that church in Philippi funded multiple churches, including the church of Thessalonica, and this is what Paul writes back to that church in Philippi and says, Even in Thessalonica, I am well supplied. Having received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. You may be in a stage and phase to where you're like, I can't just pick up and go. I can't do that right now. But I know that you can continue your generosity through giving, and you can be praised and honored like you should be, as Paul does to Philippi, so we do to Southern Hills. And I wanted to take a moment to honor you today and just thank you for your continued generosity and knowing that by your giving you're continuing on mission but not only can we give to stay on mission but we can gather to stay on mission as you know just by being here today you're on mission just by being here today you're on mission we gather and we're on mission Acts 2, 46 through 47 says this. Acts 2, 46 through 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being Saved. So we can give, but we also can gather. We'll keep this verse up for a little bit, and we notice that this is the way the historic church began to add to one another, but this is also the way the historic church would receive um, information about one another so that you could know, as a city of modern-day Las Vegas, what's happening in a Monterey, Mexico. We gather so that we can pray for other congregations that are doing just that and praying for us, because we are one kingdom under one Christ. So as we give and as we gather, we realize our calling is to give and gather, and God begins to add people because we're faithful to those people, and we show them that gathering is taking place, not just here in Las Vegas, but across the world, and he's allowing us to be a part just by gathering today, just by you being here today. You're on mission. By gathering here today, you're on mission. By going to Freedom Feast, you're on mission. By dropping your kids off to the ascent, you're on mission. By dropping your kids to Canopolis. you're on mission. By participating in your... Your small group, you're on mission. By discipling that person God's laid on your heart, you are on mission. By functioning in your three circles, small, medium, large of Christianity, you are on mission. Another way to just praise you, church, you're doing the work. You're doing the work of gathering and giving. And then we've touched on it, and I'm going to stay here a little bit, but also going, also going. In Luke 10 verses 1 through 2, it says this, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Can we keep this on the screen here for a moment? I want to break it down. Oftentimes when we hear that passage, we think, yeah, we got to pray for more pastors. But let me stop you a little bit. In this phrase in verse 1, it says, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. When God calls you to go somewhere, he promises to go with you. So whether you're called to be in vocational ministry or whether you're just called to be on a missions trip, if the God of the Bible commissions you to go, he common doors the promise that God goes with you. If the God of the Bible commissions you to go, he commandores his promise that he will go with you. And church, if he's calling you to go in the moment, whether that be on foreign mission, whether that be in local mission, whether that be to your neighbor or whether that to be to your neighboring country, if God commissions you to go, he commandores the promise that God will go with you. And that's what he says in this verse. He says, in every town and place where he himself was about to go. The Lord appointed the 72, and he himself was about to go there. God is there before you arrive. He's preparing the place for you to minister. All you need to do is follow his call and go, and he will be there with you. So pray that those go. That may be you that goes. Pray that others follow. That may be you that follows, but know as you're praying that God is going with you. He's going with you. Look, I'm not sure where God is calling you to get uncomfortable, whether it's giving, gathering, or going, but I do know this, that life change is going to take place in one of those three areas, and that God is calling you to one of those things today. And I'll end with this, and then we'll pray out. One of my favorite authors, Francis Chan, writes this in Crazy Love, and we can throw it on the screen if we can. But God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he does not come through. I'm not sure where God is calling you to be uncomfortable or where he is calling you to be in trouble if he doesn't come through, but I do know this, as God lays people on your heart and as we focus on evangelism this Sunday and the focus on going into the nations, I pray that God does a work in you through giving, gathering, or going. Let's pray. Father, you are good, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, as we really just dive in a little bit deeper on how to love others by giving, gathering, or going, and, and how to love others by broadening our mindset, Lord, we do pray that you begin to implement these things in our hearts, these things in our minds, Lord, and that you take over, and you, we, we recognize the promise that you are there even before we go. Lord, we love you, and we're asking for your help to love you more. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray always, amen.
0: Thank you for watching Josh Tice's most recent Bible sermon. If you think of someone who may enjoy this one, go ahead and send it or post it today. If you're ever in Las Vegas on Sunday, we'd love for you to stop by Southern Hills and see us in person. If you benefit from this virtual ministry, we'd also like to encourage you to support our gospel efforts by sending a donation to the ministries of Southern Hills. You can do so by visiting southernhillslv.com and clicking the Give tab.